We're going to read this morning from 1 John 1 through 4, the incarnation of the word of life. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at with and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Amen. Oh, there we go. You can take a seat. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Hello. Hey, Merry Christmas. Yeah, the kiddos are with us. Can, you, can we just clap for our kids? We're so happy you're here. Yeah, you, let me just say something. One to the kids, I'm going to have that extra juice today, okay? I had a little Celsius this morning in Jesus' name. So I'm out here for the kids this morning. Also, parents, if your kid is like making a fuss, you're the only one it's bothering, okay? So just relax, all right? I'm going to talk about some kids at the end of my sermon there. I'm just going to drop that there so you're waiting. You don't know where we're going. But we're so glad our kids are with us. Seriously, this church, it belongs to them just as much as it belongs to us. We can't, ha- we can't be all up in arms about them making noise if our Savior and King was made famous for saying, let the children come to me. So we're, we're pumped that you're here, okay? Are we good? We are heavy on this side of the room and, and, and thin over here. I don't know what that is, but uh, I don't know. I'm just, just making some observations from the front that you can't see, but... Um, Anyways, do we have any car people in the house? People who just like, they know the ins and the outs of their cars? Less, less than usual, okay? Or just people that don't want to raise their hands on Christmas Eve. All right, well, I'm not a car guy at all, okay? I've seen some of those memes like where dads are like terrified to send their like teenage daughter to the car shop by themselves because then they get, you know, manipulated and they end up spending a bunch of their dad's money. That's how I feel all the time. I feel like I'm the teenage girl who like goes there and they just start talking at me. Like they just start saying a bunch of stuff. I don't know if it's the way I dress or my pants are tight or what. They're just like, this dude doesn't know anything about his car. So I walk in there all the time and they're always just like, yeah, man, it's, it's, the, it's the rudder and the, the gears and stuff. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm always like, all right, man. Like, they, you know, they just come at you with like a bunch of stuff. And I'm always like, all right, man, that's great. Like, what does it mean? He's like, well, what it means is, is the shocks. And then he just keeps going and going. I'm like, bro, what, what does it mean? You know? You ever, anybody else like that? No. You guys are like, no, nobody's manipulating me when I go to the car shop. I know exactly where my money's going. Not so for me, all right? Don't judge me. But anyways, I, I tend to feel like that sometimes about the Christmas story and the narrative. And at times, we could, we could sit up here and we just read a bunch of incredible passages about the, the birth of Jesus. And we can look at all the details and we can talk about um, the shepherds and the manger and the angels, which are all totally worth talking about. But sometimes I, I read it, I'm like, what's it mean, you know? Like, tell me what it means. And so that's, that's what we have this morning. We have a passage in, in 1 John that, uh, that focuses us on what Christmas means for us. Not just what happens and the details of it and the information, but what does it mean? What does Christmas mean for you and for me on this Sunday morning in Columbia, Missouri, 2,020-something years after this event happened? What does it mean for us? And it's easy to get lost in the sauce, is it not right now? We can get lost in what's happening, you know. 
We got the music flowing. We got the Christmas. We got the family. I'm wearing a sport coat, which a lot of people have been really surprised by. I'm like, it's Christmas Eve. I'm, I'm here for, with my sport coat. I put it over a t-shirt because it's Christmas Eve, you know? We got the Hallmark movies going. Anybody love Hallmark movies? Oh, if life was just a Hallmark movie, you know? If I ever get stressed, it's just like just throwing a Hallmark movie where it's like really simple and I know exactly what's going to happen every single time. I love Hallmark movies. But we can get lost in all that sauce, you know? We can get lost in it. And so this morning, that's what I want us to do. I just want to look at this passage and see what the Apostle John teaches us about what Christmas means for us. So will you pray with me and then we'll get into that passage Father, even now, we just slow down in your presence. You're here with us amidst all the noise and the chaos of our lives. Even in this season, Lord, we we know that there's so many things going on in our minds and our hearts. But even just for this moment, Jesus, we just pause and invite your presence to come and to be with us. Holy Spirit, will you show us great things in your word. Will you show us what the incarnation of Jesus, what it means for us today? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, 1 John is a letter written by the Apostle John, who, anybody else familiar with his other works? John, come on, we got some real Christians in the house this morning. John and Revelation, okay? So he thought he was the Apostle of Love and the Apocalypse. So 1 John, though, he starts his letter like this. He says, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. You notice that? You notice how he doesn't say that he has come to speak life or to teach us about life or even to give us life, all things that he did come to do, but fundamentally, he is life, which is what we long for, by the way. A healthy life, a good life, a long life, the abundant life to be fulfilled and satisfied and and to feel that completeness that the scriptures might summarize in the word life. But Jesus, he doesn't just come to teach life. And this is something that we see that is different than every other religion and worldview in all the world. It's something that makes Christianity fundamentally different. See, in every other religion, the founder is a a prophet or a teacher that tells you the way to life. This is the way to live. Even today, right, we got neuroscientists, doctors, vloggers, bloggers, cooks, books, all the stuff trying to teach us the way to life. Here's the way. Most religions are some prophet standing up saying, I found the way, follow me. This is the way. But Jesus... And Christianity in general is fundamentally different because Jesus says, I am the way. I am the life. He's not just some great prophet who has come to point us to the way, but Jesus, according to Christmas, is God. He is life. He is the one who has come to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. I mean, every other religion says this is, this is the way. You've got to figure it out. got to do it yourself. Do it this way, this way, this way. And if you can figure this out, then you can do it. But Jesus comes saying, I've came to do all that for you. That's what Christmas is. Christmas is about grace. Christmas means 
What does it mean? It means grace for us, which is really, really good news. Because I don't know about you, but I got a lot of problems. (laughs) I got problems. I got problems inside of me. I got problems outside of me. Inside of me, they go by fear or anxiety or stress or loneliness or isolation. And I got problems outside of me, like relational turmoil and brokenness and a system that is still corrupt and struggling. I got problems. We all have problems. And following other ways, what they try to do is eventually they just highlight those problems. Following just a way ends up leading to insecurity or fear, or on the other hand, to to pride or disdain towards other people. One says you'll never be good enough. You'll never measure up to that standard that they've set for you. You'll never measure up to that standard you've set for yourself or your family set for you or whatever that is. You'll never be enough. You'll never have enough. You'll always be longing, always wanting, and it leads to a life of fear, insecurity, scarcity. Or on the other hand, it leads to pride and to this disdain towards other people. I've got my stuff figured out, you know. You know anybody who just tried a new diet? And you're eating a chicken sandwich, and you're looking across the table, and they're like, do you know where that chicken comes from? And you're like, no, bro, but I'm halfway through this chicken sandwich, so can you wait till I'm done at least, you know? You know that pride, that diet pride, (laughs) that I'm on this new thing, this new kick. And if it's for food, it's really for life, though, because when you start succeeding and you start checking the boxes, you start becoming aware of how much better you're doing than other people, and all people are to you are just inconveniences. Those are the two ways of life. And usually it's a roller coaster, right? (laughs) We're up and we're down. In the morning, it's insecurity, some lunchtime pride, and a little bit of fear before bed, you know? Up and down, and it goes with how we live our life. It's dependent on me. It's dependent on if I can figure out the way, if I can succeed in the way. But Christmas is totally different than that. Christmas is not just another prophet, another teacher saying, here is the way, but Christmas means Grace, and grace is something entirely different. Psalm 24, David has this prayer where he says, Lord, Lord, who who can climb the mountain of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands hands are clean and hearts are pure. Those who do not worship idol and who never tell lies. And so what's the answer to that question? Who who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Not me. Not us. We don't have enough in and about ourselves, and that's what Christmas is. Christmas is not about us climbing up the mountain, but Christmas is him coming down the mountain. Christmas is about God seeing us in all our junk, all of our problems, and coming to us. Like sheep, you and I, we've all gone astray, but God, he comes and he finds us. That's the Christmas story. It's the story of the scriptures in general. From the Garden of Eden to him showing himself in a burning bush to Moses to Jesus coming. It's what we read in the, sto- in, the, in, the, in the whole reading of Isaiah that we went through. Isaiah, it means God saves. God, he seeks and he saves. It's what he does. It's not just a name. It is his essence, and it's what Christmas is. God comes to us. I just turned 31 this past week, so I'm in my 30s now. I was 30. Now I'm in my 30s. That's a big difference, okay? But I, I find something every birthday, and it's uh, usually people will t- send me text messages, which is fine. If you didn't text me, it's okay. I'm not going to hold it against you. Uh, but I remember, and it's sad for me. But 
I get these texts on my birthday sometimes, and uh, it's really awkward when you get a text from somebody and you scroll up and you see that the last time that you texted that person was on your birthday last year. You know, that's the worst feeling in the world. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. One, I didn't text you all year. Two, I missed your birthday. So I usually just say, they're like, happy birthday, Cam. I'm like, yeah, you too. I don't know when it was, but also with you, you know, but <laughs> which, is, which is great. But I end up feeling a little bad. Because I'm just like, man, you're a better friend than me, you know? You're more thoughtful than me. And can I just say something this morning about the nature of our relationship with God? He is way more thoughtful than you. He, he, is, he is thinking about you even when you're not thinking about him. That's what grace is. Even when you're not considering him, pursuing him, you are on his mind. He is the initiator in the relationship. He's the one that, that, that sends you the birthday text again and again. It's like, hey, bro, love you. Happy birthday. And you don't do anything in return because that's what grace is. It is the initiation of Jesus, and that's what Christmas is. It's him coming to us, not because we've earned it or we deserve it, but because of his great grace to us, because he's that good. And some of you came in here this morning, and I just felt this in my spirit even as we were singing. Just, we're just, you're here, you came with a friend, you came with a family member, and I literally just want to say to you today, he, he knows you, he loves you, he knows how many hairs are on your head, and he is seeking you and pursuing you, and you're not even here on an accident this morning. You might be here even this morning just to hear the good news of Jesus coming to you. That's what Christmas is. All right, let me keep rolling before I start getting on this. Tis, tis, he is the reason for the season stuff, you know? So Christmas, what does it mean? It means grace. And it means fellowship with God. Let me keep reading in 1 John if you want to follow along. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ so John is saying this morning it is not enough just to believe in him or obey him it's not enough for God to just stand at a distance and, and, and say something to you and say you're forgiven you're good or to shout across some obscure teachings, or that he loves you, but Christmas is about God getting close to you. Christmas means that God has gone through infinite lengths just to come near you, so that you can have a relationship with him. He's not just content with you believing him as a concept, but it's to see him, to experience the person of God revealed in the person of Jesus. The scandal of Christmas is that God puts on flesh, that he comes down to us and he lives among us, Emmanuel, God with us. You ever look at the sun? You, you don't, do you? You don't. You're like, is he talking about Jesus, the sun, or the S-U-N? I'm talking about the sun, the sun, S-U-N, not the sun, sun, that's Jesus, okay? The sun, S-U-N, you ever look at it? You don't. Because best case scenario, all you see is just some blurs and you look away. Worst case scenario, you totally burn your retina, right? And it's done for you, okay? Because we're not supposed to look at the sun. In fact, in order for us to look at the sun and to see the sun, we have to look at it through a filter. We have to look at it through a bunch of things. Sunglasses don't really work that well, but there's other filters that they do have that allows us to look at the sun. 
to see the flames in the sun and to see that it's what it actually is, which I don't really know. I'm just going to leave it there, okay? I don't really know what the sun is. It's gas, I think, all right? I'm really revealing the stuff I don't know today. You're like, all right. In the same way, the glory of God I mean, God is, God is so beautiful and higher than we could ever imagine. He's so holy. I mean, we see people when they come into his presence, they fall on their face because of how perfect and holy and pure he is. But the scandal of Christmas is that the glory of God is seen in the face of Jesus. He, he, he had to put a filter on so he could come in and, and walk among us so that we can actually see what God is like. And we've been going through this series, and we're going to go for the next couple of weeks, and we're calling it just Encounters with Jesus because that's what we want to see. Who is God? What is he like? A.W. Tozer has this quote where he says, the most important thing about you is what comes into your mind when you think about God. And it's not meant to be just a concept or an idea or a list of theology or doctrine, but it's meant to be by the power of the Holy Spirit that we would see the face and the reality and the life of Jesus. That's what Christmas is. He's come to just show us who he is by the way he lives and even in the Christmas act itself, we see so much about the nature of God. That he would come, not, not, not even if he did come as a man, that'd be great. I'd imagine him to come as a king, stand up on the mountain with lots of glory and power and authority. But he comes as an infant, <laughs> as a baby. He, he, he humbles himself and confines himself to the limitations of an infant. The humility, the lowliness, the gentleness, and the humility of God seen in the Christmas narrative, to get in our mess and be with us. So Christmas, it means grace. Christmas, it means fellowship and intimacy with God. And finally, three points. I forgot to tell you at the beginning, three points. Here I am, point three, land in the plane. Christmas means joy. Joy. Joy to the world is what we just sang. John, he concludes his writing here and. In this letter, verse 4, we write this to make our joy complete. <laughs> I mean, think about it. He's about to pen this letter with all kinds of encouragements and summaries and writings and teachings and all these things. And he's saying, this is why I'm writing to you, just so you're clear. That our joy might be complete, that it might be lacking nothing, that it might be full. Which is not an original idea, by the way. He kind of takes it from Jesus, okay? Who in John 15, when he's teaching about abiding with him, having relationship with him, walking with him, he says these same words. I say these things to you that your joy might be full, that your joy might be complete. The heart of Jesus, the heart of Christmas is one of joy. The angels we just read, they, they, they come and they say, we have good news of great joy for all the people. Is that how you see Christmas? Does it just stir up joy in you? Or if it does, can I ask you why? Because <laughs> Jesus has come to bring joy, joy to the world. He's here. I mean, there's nothing like a, a grumpy person <laughs> on Christmas, trying to tell me to keep Christ in Christmas, you know? There's nothing like that. It's like, man, okay, you know, like that's going to win the world to Jesus, just keep him in Christmas, that's how, you know? <laughs> Martin Lloyd-Jones, who's a really serious guy, he's an old dead guy who's very serious, okay? <laughs> Google a picture of Martin Lloyd-Jones, okay? But he says this, 
He says, unhappy Christians are, to say the least, a poor recommendation for the Christian faith. And there can be little doubt, but the exuberant joy of the early Christians and that it was the most potent factor in the spread of Christianity. It's joy. And it's not this superficial joy, like everything's great, hallmark, hello. That's not what it is. And you can see that in the birth of Jesus. Joy comes to the world, how? In a dirty barn to a wandering woman who has been outcasted from her culture and society and to a man who's very confused, like what is happening? That's Joseph. For you guys who aren't tracking. He, he brings joy in the mess. And he lifts our eyes up to see something even greater. And you can see the joy as you look at the narrative of Jesus. What starts with joy, it lingers into more joy. It's all he does. He walks around. I've been overwhelmed by the story of how Jesus interacts with the children. I really have been. I'm not just saying this for the kids, okay? This is for the adults this morning. But there's this amazing story. There's these kids, and I've just been thinking about it from even the child's perspective, right? there. The children are such low class in this time. No dignity, no value. But then there's this guy who comes up to play with these kids, and the kids, you know, they're playing. They're like, nobody really pays attention to us. Like, this is awesome. I don't know what they're doing. They're playing Foursquare or something. And this guy is playing with them. He's so happy, full of joy. And then out of nowhere, there's this fisherman who runs up to them. And he's like, hey, do you know who that is? Be serious. It's the son of God. Kids, get away. Kids, go, just go home, kids. But Jesus, in this moment, he totally flips the script. And I love it. I love it. He says, no, if you want to understand my kingdom, (laughs) he said, if you want to understand me at all, if you want to understand my teachings and how this thing works, how the upside down nature of this thing works, you need to become like them, (laughs) not vice versa. That's almost always what he says. He says it to Nicodemus, the religious leader. He says it to, 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 to Zacchaeus. He says it to all the people who have power and prestige and authority. And he says, conversion is to become like a child. Which kids can teach us a lot about joy, can't they? <laughs> kids are just happy about nothing most of the time. You ever seen a kid run? They just run and they're laughing. I'm like, why? What's funny, bro? I'm like, ah, I don't know. They're just joy. Christmas is about joy. It's about refreshing us and renewing us with the simplicity of the message of the gospel. That you and I, we have nothing to offer. But Jesus comes. And he says, come to me. He who knew no sin, he became our sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's not about proving yourself or earning or anything else, but it's about receiving it like a child. That's the message of Christmas. And it's why we rejoice and we celebrate this morning. We sing songs like joy to the world. Even in that last song we just sang, Silent Night, which I always thought was kind of a downer song, it says, the weary world rejoices. Does anybody feel that this morning? A weary world, I'm tired. But even this Christmas morning, we're reminded that joy has come in the person of Jesus. And it's come free, without cost. Christmas, it means grace. Christmas, it means nearness to God. In Christmas, it means joy. 
Let me pray for us, and we'll keep singing some songs of joy. Kiddos, you are locked in, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you've come, that we can't make our way up the mountain, but Lord, you come to us, and even right now, Lord, we just ask that you would minister to our hearts. If there's anyone in here who who doesn't know your love, Holy Spirit, would you reveal the love of Jesus to them? Even those of us who just, we, we, we feel way more comfortable with the weariness and the darkness. And this season does not bring up joy, it brings up pain. We ask, Lord, that you would meet with us, for you have joy, unspeakable joy that we cannot even explain or talk about, joy that does not make sense. And so we ask even now, Lord, that you would release your joy. You prayed that we would have joy and that your joy would be in us. And so that's what we pray even this morning, Lord, joy to the world. We love you, Jesus. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.